Hello, and welcome to a three-hour tour of We Only Look Thin. I am your Captain Weigel. <laughs> Captain Catherine Captain Weigel. Weigel. That doesn't work out. Uh, and with me today is... Captain, my captain. Uh, my name is Donald Weigel, and I am your uh, your first officer on this <laughs> uh, this ship, the Man, SS we... we Only Look Thin. The SS We Only Look Thin. Uh, we have lost weight. We are currently experiencing COVID-19, and we are going to talk about how we think this is temporary yes. and what we can do about it. What can we do about it? Well, not about COVID, but about our uh, our weight loss, fitness, health during this time. Yeah, we need to come up with better introductions. I feel like we're all over the place. They're like, are you going to talk about Gilligan's Island? That's the only three-hour tour I know. You're this talking introduction about- has felt like a three-hour tour already, <laughs> oh, is the whole thing. We've got lots to we're say. We're just getting warmed up, everybody. We are. Uh, but if you're listening to this, then hello and welcome. And we are- <laughs> Wait, they already are listening to it. Um, so it's May. It's May 3rd, if you're listening when it comes out. And it's probably May 4th. Uh, may the 4th be with you. Oh, May the 4th, nerd time. Yeah, I, I put it out. I post it pretty late on Sunday night. So it's probably May the 4th. May it's going to be, be May. There's yeah. so many references. <laughs> uh, but we thought back a couple of months ago that this COVID thing was just a blip, a blip on the radar. Uh, we, yeah. it, it starts out with like the funny memes. Like if you listen to the Beastie Boys, you're already the illest, so you can't get COVID. Right, right. And then it gets a little more serious. And then when, you know, governors are talking for hours and hours about safety, it gets a little more serious and it brings kind of the mood down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, when they first, like when they first said that our daughter, they were shutting her school down, they, they shut it down for two weeks and they were like we're gonna shut it down for two weeks and see how it goes it'll be fine and so we're yeah. like okay she'll it's just kind of an extended ah, spring it's break okay. yeah. it'll be fine and we're gonna be okay in this and then it kind of pushed out a little bit more like depending on where we heard it from it was like one more week or two more weeks and stuff and so we we're kind of living in this kind of middle ground of not knowing when or how and yeah it was almost like being on a really scary vacation <laughs> Like a vacation where you might catch a disease and die. Yeah. You know, those kinds of vacations. Yeah. Uh, there's always special interest uh, vacation clubs out there. Right. But we thought, and sort of the, the way this all came about was that we received some sobering information on Monday that school was going to be closed for the rest of the school year. Yeah. And so it went from just sort of an extended spring break to like we're a homeschooling family through June. Like even though we suspected it was going to happen, you know, the them officially closing the school for the rest of the school year made it reals. And then on top of that, earlier this week, they canceled San Diego Comic-Con. Which Ooh, that's The school thing was one thing, but now it's really real. The only other time that Donald, I mean, I know Comic-Con isn't happening, so it's not like you're missing it. It just isn't. Right. At least, at least I've, it's not like it's happening happening and I can't And everybody go. else is having fun. Yeah, that but actually does oddly make me feel better, which makes me a terrible person, I think. One of his sisters got married on Comic-Con weekend a number of years ago, and yeah. she doesn't know what the internet is, so we can talk about her she freely. She listen to this we podcast. We can walk yeah. freely about the cabin right now because the uh, <laughs> no smoking sign is on. But she got married on Comic-Con weekend, and it took Donald a couple of years of therapy to get Oh, over I'm not it. over it. No, I'm still you're not still over angry? It. No. 
No, it was the only Comic-Con I've missed in, in its entirety uh, since 1999. <laughs> so <laughs> that, is not, that is not a joke. That is true. Yeah. Well, luckily, bitterness burns many calories. Yeah, so you've got really that does. going for you. Yeah. But when we think of spring break or when we think of vacation or when we think of the first, you know, the early fun days of COVID, we think yeah. that it's... <laughs> It is a mere three-hour tour. It is yeah. a it is a detour. It's a distraction. And we've all been on vacations where we think, like, well, this is temporary. You right. come up – I mean, we've done it. Like, you've heard our Walt Disney World episode where we have all of these ideals about how we're going to track our day and we're only going to have one indulgence a day. Yeah, you or even definitely... just, you know, holiday week. It's Christmas week, so I'm just going to pack in as many calories as possible and I'm going to sit around on the couch watching uh, Christmas movies and I'm, you know, I'll right. worry about my my health and fitness right. next year. On January 2nd, I'll yeah, get started. I'll get back together. And when we thought that our daughter was only going to be out of school for a couple of weeks, we sort of had these false start dates that we our lives were going to return back to normal. Yeah. Whatever that means. And now finding out that she is out of school for the next two months, we have realized that we are no longer visiting in the time of COVID. Like, we live here now. And this episode, uh, it's going to unfold in myriad exciting and unexpected ways. Oh, my God. Uh, You guys are in for such a treat. (laughs) But uh, I know we usually save the point of it for the very end, but I'll say... We are living in COVID right now, and we cannot wait for our lives to go back to normal to put habits back in place. So uh, we're going to take a a winding trip down memory lane uh, and uh, talk about how we have waited in the past for our lives to start. Yeah, like I don't want to step on anything Catherine is going to say, but the band Men at Work in the 80s is mostly known for introducing Vegemite sandwiches to the North American <laughs> that was population. actually one of the first records that I ever got was the Men at Work uh, ah. record. That was a great record. Yeah, we were talking this morning about what were the first records that you uh, that you got. I got a Buddy Holly uh, Best Of and uh, Meet the Beatles were like two of the first vinyl records that I Not ever owned. Not Meet the Beatles. Not not meet is, the Deedles. Okay. No, that was one of the first Blu-rays, uh, <laughs> HD Blu-rays that I that I got. Anyway, Men at Work, Vegemite Sandwiches. So their lead singer, um, most people know about that. I don't know how many people know. Their lead singer, Colin Hay, had a solo career after that. And he had a song called Waiting for My Real Life to Begin. And um, it's a very sad song, actually. But basically, it's about... The the main character of the song is somebody who just keeps waiting for this perfect moment, and he's got somebody in his life who keeps telling him, like, the sun is shining right now. You need to get outside and enjoy it. You need to take hold of this while it's happening, and he just keeps saying no you don't understand. I have this plan. It's going to happen eventually. And I'm going to, you know, things are going to happen, but I need to wait until my real life begins in order for this to happen. And I think that a lot of us get trapped. And I know I sure did get trapped in this idea that, oh, it's someday in the future, my real life is going to start. And then I'll be able to get my fitness together. Then I'll be able to really exercise. Then I'll be able to get my food together. And Real life is happening right now. Well, and I think as part of that, waiting for your real life to begin can be actually in two parts. There's the waiting for your real life to begin. And then there's also the, my life was great and now COVID happened. Yeah. And I want my life to return to what it was. So when it goes back to normal, then I can start then living I my will get it life together. again. Then I will live it. Yeah, exactly. And... um. 
I moved, I think I've, uh, poor Donald, he's been married to me so long. I have no news stories <laughs> to tell. Um, I love very, being married to it's you. It's so rare. I have to, you know, rack my brain to come up with some new information every once in a while. It's yeah. Like, oh, this old story again. But yeah, it's actually startling when you tell me a story that I've never heard before. I'm like, really? How come I've never <laughs> heard this before? What else are you hiding? I'm buying memories from other people on the internet. So. That's a great idea. Uh, but I moved, I think I, n- not school district. But I moved 18 times by the time I was 18. So sometimes it would be in the same neighborhood or same school. 18 for 18. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Different countries, different states, different parents, divorces, and all of that. And there was a point at which in the February of my seventh grade year, I moved from Southern California to Northern California. And when I moved to Northern California... All I could do was talk about how great Southern California was. Well, in Southern California, our vice principal surfed every morning before school. In in Southern California, this yeah. happened. You know, like we had a view of the beach. And, and we, let, let me tell you, everyone in New Jersey loves hearing about how great it is other places. Yeah, <laughs> no. And so it was really annoying to the people at my new school to hear about how great my old school was. I'm sort of annoyed right now on behalf of all of your classmates. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Don't worry. They they, yeah, they put me know. in my pl- they, they actually you know. said like, "Hey, why don't you stop with the talk because yeah. it's kind of annoying." So that nostalgia, I think that toxic nostalgia of being in a new place and talking about how great the old thing was can really get old because you're not living in the present, you're living in the past. I then moved from uh, Northern California to New Jersey in my in in high school, and I purposely, purposely, I will underline that on a <laughs> podcast, wouldn't learn street names because I was in denial that I was a person who lived in New Jersey. Yeah. I was like, I don't need to know the name of the street. I don't need to know the name of the principal or my teachers. I don't need to know that these are called Mac machines, not ATM machines. Like... <laughs> Like, I went out of my way to act like a foreign exchange student because, like, well, my real friends are in California. And when I go back to California, it's going to be like this. And I'm going to move back to California, like, immediately. And I have a California driver's license, and I don't need a New Jersey driver's license. And I was living in this toxic space of wanting to be where I was before and purposely and and aggressively – not learning the new language of New Jersey, which many curse words, uh, which we'll, we'll maybe put uh, in the show notes. Yeah, maybe we won't uh, do that. But. but but I was like willfully denial. I was in will, like willful deniance that that's where I lived. Yeah. And, and just to go back real quick, in case anybody has a question, um, in New Jersey, I lived there for 10 years and they were called money access centers Mac. or Mac for short. And I think just about everywhere else, they are ATMs. And so it was like really weird to when I moved from New Jersey somewhere else, I would say, where's the Mac machine or what's the and no one knew what I was talking about. There is a comedian, too, who talked about how his roommate in college asked him if he wanted oh, yeah. to get a pie for dinner. In New Jersey, it was a pie. You would say instead of a pizza. Yeah. And like, You're like, hey, I want a pie. Hey, you want to get like, a pie? Yeah, that was another thing, too. So which is a, a tomato pie. Um, but to get back to the actual point. um, you know, this toxic nostalgia, I think we have all known that person or I have been this person who remembers this time when I was on some diet that worked really well for me. And I would always say like, oh, you know, I keto worked really well for me or it was Atkins at the time worked really well for me or Weight Watchers worked really well for me. I just need to get back on that. Oh, my gosh. And- I've so been there like, oh, you know, 
Metafast was amazing. Yeah, until it was not amazing, and whatever. I gained back eighty pounds. Yeah, like, and so you have to ask yourself: Did you really do great on it? Because if you really did great on it, you would still be on it, and you would still be sticking to the plan. And if you you can't just sort of wait for this perfect moment to come back around. Well, if I just get through the next semester of school, if I can just get through this next project at work, then I can get back on my diet plan and and really do this. You have to you have to make a plan to do it now. Well, and I think we can, you know, taking it back to COVID-19, you know, we think we're on some sort of Gilligan's Island. We don't know it's Gilligan's Island yet. We just think it's the skipper's boat. Yeah, I know. We're taking the three-hour tour the on the Minnow. Minnow. The SS Minnow, exactly. <laughs> um, but we think we're just taking a cruise around uh, the, the bay. <sighs> I just realized that in this scenario, I'm Gilligan. Are you? Because you're the captain. No. See, but the, here's the thing. That was an unlikely bunch of people on yeah. that boat. You had uh, the skipper and Gilligan, were, which were kind of like the the foils, like the right. Laurel and Hardy. But then you had Lovey and Thurston. Yeah. And they, speaking of toxic nostalgia, they're living on an island. Right. And they're wearing their pearls and acting like they're no, they, super fancy. They never really thought of that island as home. You know, they were still living on the mainland. They just refused to accept their circumstances that they were trapped on this deserted island. Whereas, you know, the the movie star. <laughs> <laughs> well, she dressed. She didn't wear stretchy clothes, the lycra loophole. She yeah. still wore her gowns, which it's I don't know true. how she had more than one gown it for was a three, three hour, hour tour. tour. They had multiple outfits. Like it's been it's been pointed out before. Yeah. But then there's the professor and he was the questioner who was like, how are we going to get this done? Yeah. I definitely wanted to live in a coconut house. I wanted coconut like. I wanted to build radios out of coconuts. Oh my like gosh. for sure. But but the point here is the professor. I don't want to make the point. I want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> the professor actually like he accepted the fact that it was his real life and he was on this island and he was going to get off it He's, actively he was like trying to build things to get off he was trying to fix that boat he was trying to build radios to signal for help and somehow ended up calling the harlem globetrotters i know oh my while. gosh was yeah. there anything better in the 70s and 80s than the harlem globetrotters showing up on a show like no. scooby-doo i know it was so fun they made everything better yeah the perfect there season. was that awesome harlem globetrotters cartoon too where oh they like they would uh turn into superheroes and if they were down halfway through the basketball game then they would like convert to their superhero identities to play the second half to win which oh. in hindsight is very unfair <laughs> <laughs> we saw the harlem globetrotters live maybe five years ago they were fantastic yeah got yeah it done. when our when our kid was much younger it was really fun to uh take her to anywho Speaking of stuff, yeah. um, so to pull this together, we are in what we thought was a temporary situation, and it could end tomorrow, it could end in six months, it could be this new kind of normal, and we don't know, and that uncertainty can be unsettling, and it can make us save our future selves or when this is all over, then we'll start getting back to normal. Then we'll start getting back to the old habits. Yeah. And we just don't know what that's going to look like. And we can either ruminate 
on what how great the past was, how like, oh, well, my Canadian model boyfriend was fantastic when I lived in Los Angeles. And now yeah, that like I'm- when I was in high school, I could eat whatever I wanted. And, you know, why is it so unfair that I can't do that now? Just living in that past instead of recognizing that that is not your reality right now. Right. So being in a position where we can grieve the loss of predictability and still make progress is sort of where we're going with this episode. Instead of being in, you know, willful denial about where we are and the circumstances that we're in, we can tell ourselves that things will go back to normal. We can idealize the past, but it is our responsibility to live in the present and manage our habits and our structure based on the current circumstances. Yeah, this isn't some sort of magical free pass where, you know, you are stepping out of your real life and none of the decisions that you make actually matter. All of the food choices that you're making still count. All of the exercise choices that you're making, they still matter. It doesn't it doesn't actually matter to your body that COVID is happening and that you're not in your normal routine, that you can't go to your gym, that you can't do your normal, you know, walking or exercise at work, or you can't follow your normal patterns of eating that all of that actually, it still matters and it still counts. It's not some, you know, magic time where your choices don't impact you. Well, and it's easier when we think that it's a finite amount of time. When the gym opens back up in a week, when, you know, I go back into the office. Because we don't know when that's going to happen, we can, again, grieve the loss of that predictability while still making progress. We don't have have to have everything figured out in order to make active choices about ourselves for today. I think, you know, now that we're homeschool parents and we're working from home yeah. and everything is home, 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 we are in a position where we need to figure out what our resources are, figure out what we can do, kind of do like our own SWOT analysis of our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, which is not an amazing episode of We Only Look Then. Yeah. And work with what we have to come up with a new normal for ourselves in this season. And, you know, I think I was very guilty of it. Speaking of homeschooling our kid, I kept thinking of this as being a temporary situation where I was going to have to wrangle her, make sure she was showing up for her Zoom class make sure she was staying on track with her work. And I think the reality of the school closing really has shined a light on me and and made me realize that I'm going to have to do this for the next couple of months for sure. They're like no joke. And so I need to really be able to work, you know, my life, so to speak, back into all of this and still make sure that I'm getting things done, that I'm not just using, you know, wrangling her school as an excuse to not do what I should be doing. Well, and it's kind of like at a hospital when there's an emergency room, the emergency room is for immediate you know, slowing down of a crisis. And then the hospital is for longer term maintenance care. Right. And we thought we were kind of in the emergency room and like, okay, and then we'll, they'll just put a bandaid on and we'll head home. Now we live here. And so it is okay to be disappointed, but it's not okay to live in that disappointment and pout your way back up the scale 50 pounds, which I definitely did. Like when I yeah. moved from Southern California to Northern California, I revenge ate burritos with sharp cheddar cheese like giant <laughs> slabs every day after school as revenge and got 
I think I gained a good 30 pounds my first year. Sometimes sharp cheddar can cut you more than a sharp (laughs) knife. (laughs) I like it. So now that I know all of this, Catherine and Donald, what do do I I do? do? (laughs) So I think step one is know and sort of tell yourself, I am going to be disappointed and unsure, and I'm still capable of making active choices. This isn't about motivation. This isn't about, you know, some magical clean slate. Like, it's not really a clean slate. It's sort of like a previously owned paper plate that's been used, sort of. Like, it's not like we're in this fresh world of like, now everything's new and fine. We're struggling with finances. We're struggling with job insecurity. We're struggling with lack of toilet paper. There's a lot of struggle going on, but we can still find struggle in that structure, just like the professor on Gilligan's Island, which is a totally realistic view of life on an island. Exactly. Be the professor. (laughs) Don't be Thurston Howell. Um, And I would like to go back. We have discussed many times on this show the the tremendous, you know, almost life-changing book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the sections of his book, he talks about implementation intention. And, you know, a lot of people just want to sit around and wait for inspiration to take them. Oh, I'm just not inspired to do any actual cooking right now. I'm not inspired to track my food. I'm not inspired to do any exercise. And uh, in one part of his book, and I'll link to it, he's actually got it on his website. He talks about a study that was done in the early 2000s in the UK um, about motivation and they took three groups of people, and um, in the first group, they just told them to uh, log their exercise. Just write down how much exercise that you're doing. And in the second group, they called them the motivation group. And they actually gave that second group, they gave them they lectures. fun. <laughs> I love lectures. They gave them lectures about the benefits of exercise and um, tried to pump them up, give them motivation. They had them read a whole bunch of articles about getting motivated and about the benefits of exercise and how they would, um, you know, exercise would make you feel better, et cetera, et cetera. And then they had a third group and they gave that third group the same lectures and the same articles to read. But in addition to that, they told them that they had to, they, they had to, sorry, they had to complete the following sentence. During the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on blank day at blank time in blank place. And they made them fill in the blanks. The person was allowed to choose whatever, like I, I'm going to, partake in 20 minutes of vigorous exercise on Tuesday at 9 a.m. in my living room, you know, or at the gym or whatever it was. And they found in the first and second groups, in the first group, 35% uh, of them uh, exercised at least once a week. In the second group, 38% of them exercised at least once a week, just barely more than the group that had no motivation. But in the third group, the one that they made complete that sentence. What is he going to say? I don't even know right now. I'm as excited as you are, dear listener. 91% what are you talking about? of the third group exercised what at least once a week. are you talking about? More than double, like even you know, at 38%, more than double 
the 38%, the second group who just had the motivation. So you're telling me that it's not enough to just have the idea of making progress, but actually having a plan to do it that matters? Yeah, having just sort of a vague idea or waiting for motivation to come around does not work. But using the sentence, I will blank behavior adjective yeah <laughs> now <laughs> it's like a mad lib i will at i will behavior at a specific time in specific location so you say to yourself i will meditate for 1 minute at 7 a.m. in my kitchen like i will study spanish for 20 minutes at 6 p.m. in my bedroom I will exercise for one hour at 5 p.m. in my local gym. Well, you probably can't do it in your local gym right now, but in your living room. I will make my partner a cup of tea at 8 a.m. in the kitchen. That would be very pleasant. Yeah. Well, and I think stepping back, you know, to the new normal, we have our nostalgia about the structure of our lives before. Yeah. I loved my high-intensity interval training every morning at 6 a.m., and now that's gone, and I'm mad. I miss my lunchtime salad bar at the cafeteria at work. Like, I'm never going to be able to make a salad as good as that. And we're in kind of a pouting phase of that was what I was used to. That's what I do great at. I need outer accountability and love going to the gym. And now I can't do it. And I'm mad and nothing's going to work for me. And this is all ruined and it's all over. I'm like, I've heard people say things like that. And it's one thing to say, I can't go to the gym, kind of piggybacking on what Donald was saying. I can't go to the gym, so now I'm going to have to figure out working out from home. Right. It might be the the case where it takes some transition time because you've got suddenly kids homeschooling. You've got a, a spouse around. You're all by yourself, and you're used to having others around. We understand that there are lots of different factors coming together to create your new environment. So just saying, well, I used to do an hour hit class, and so now I'm going to do an hour hit class at home, it might not be realistic. Yeah, You might need to dial it back and simplify. Okay, well, I can't do my hit class, but I've always wanted to try yoga. Okay, I'll do an hour of yoga. Is that too aggressive based on your current situation? Yeah, an hour of yoga seems like a lot to me. (laughs) How can you step that back? Maybe, you know, is a half hour too much? Yes, that seems like too much. Can you do five minutes a day? Okay, you can do five minutes a day. Now insert Donald's. I'm going to do five minutes a day at 7 a.m. after I make my tea or after you make me my tea at 8 a.m. Yeah, making you tea at 8 a.m. I just, I guess, committed to it somehow. I think they call it drilling down. Yeah. It's like the big picture. I want to be fit. Okay, well, what are you going to do about it? I should do yoga. Well, when should you do yoga? How much should you do? You know, building that structure around it because it, it sounds like actually having a plan makes one more you know, yeah. capable of getting something done. It turns out that when you have a plan, <laughs> you have a plan. Um, and you know, we're big fans of talking on this show about breaking things down into bite-sized pieces, taking things and doing what you can. If 20 minutes of yoga seems like too much to you, there are a whole bunch of Yoga with Adrian videos that are less than 10 minutes long. Well, and you know what I decided? No. I decided I would just do the first five minutes of a video. Yeah. Like, you don't have to finish the whole thing. You can walk out if it's too much. You can just give five minutes and then see how you feel from there. Yeah, and if you have access to YouTube right now, you have a near-infinite resource for people who are training other people to do exercise at home. And there are so many things out there. You can audition all of these various things until you find something you like. If 
yoga sounds terrible to you, maybe you just try a quick video and then maybe you'll decide that you like it. Or maybe it's more of a, you know, blog we always talk about. Or maybe it's a walking with Leslie Sanson video. Well, or- and, and for people who miss those exercise classes or the, you know, the spin classes that you go to and you really are craving that outer accountability, people like the Fitness Marshall have private online subscription groups where they do live daily videos. Yeah. Uh, Yoga with Adrian has that. And I'm sure other fitness channels have group workouts at certain times. Our neighbor actually told me the other day that she does home Zoom meeting workouts with other people. Oh, wow. So they all meet at the same time. Uh, The power went out, so she was really mad that uh, the Zoom meeting was canceled. But finding new ways to approach a challenge instead of just being a victim to, well, now I can't, so I'm going to pout and I'm going to revenge eat. And going back to the James Clear thing, if you don't know what to do, if you're just clueless and you're like, if I don't have my, my gym, then I don't know what to do. Or if I can't see my personal trainer, then I don't know what to do, make a James Clear plan and say to yourself every morning at 8 a.m., I'm going to try a different video. I will link to several, you know, uh, uh, fitness channels that we like in the show notes. You can try them. You can do a search for, you know, five minute whatever and five minute abs, five minute, you know, uh, basketball in your house. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I love it how basketballs are like your go-to. I'm just I don't like you know. know in your own private. Exactly. Okay, Thurston Howell the third. With yeah. Your- so, but I'm my point is make a plan to say to yourself, I'm going to try a new video until you find something that you like. Um, figure out what you can fit into your fitness journey. You know, I think in a lot of ways, Catherine and I were very lucky in the timing of this that we have had four years now of practicing for doing all of this exercising in our homes, that we already had these these habits in place of going to bed early and getting up early. Even though I have been now unemployed for a while, I'm still getting up every morning before our daughter so that we can do rebounding in the morning and get in a whole bunch of steps inside. And... Um, I still, you know, I already had my plan in place to eat my meals at certain times and get all of that through. If doing all of that just seems so overwhelming to you, if you don't know where to start, ask yourself what you're willing to do and do that. If it's two minutes of something, if it's five minutes of something, if it's just one meal a day, you know, whatever, do that and then build on it. You know, create that that snowball that rolls down the hill and gathers more snow on it until it becomes an avalanche. Well, and two, I mean, on the food side of it, we're in a position, we did our uh, COVID loophole episode, which talked all about the amazing ways you can figure out ways to stuff your face, which is something that I do. Yeah, exactly. But if you are at home and you don't have that structure or you have kids around who are grabbing snacks all day or a spouse who isn't uh, worried about their, their healthy food choices or unlimited fast food places that you want to get takeout from or delivery from getting to a position where like Donald said with the James clear, okay, is it realistic for me to be suddenly making everything from scratch because I'm at home? 
No, it's not. Okay, well, could I do semi-homemade, have, you know, fresh vegetables with a microwave meal? That seems like too much. Okay, can you have a microwave meal? Yes, yeah. I can. Like, drill down until you get to the point where you feel like it's it could be a comfortable choice for you, because you don't have to suddenly reinvent yourself. And don't, you know, look to Pinterest for people who are like, oh, I'm living my best life now in COVID. Like, it doesn't have to be a perfect scenario. But waiting for that ideal life to start back up is a fool's errand, Donald. It sure is. And just to continue down the James Clear path, you know, he, he, <laughs> the, clear path. the clear path, he admits that plans can go awry, that things come up, that, you know, you can't always say, you know, you decide you're going to do that one minute of yoga or meditation in your kitchen at 7 a.m. Maybe something comes up and you can't do it. So, there is, the flip side of doing that is to come up with a, when situation X arises, I will perform response Y. Situation X. That situation sounds- X. Um, so using the phrase, if blank, then blank. So for example, if I eat fast food for lunch, then I will make a healthy dinner. You know, if I haven't called my mom by 7 p.m., then I won't turn on the television until I do, you know, or if that's something that you are that you need to do. If my plan is to do yoga before my child wakes up, but they wake up early foiling my plan, instead we will do a fun dance video. Like yeah. having a, an if and a then, because it's so easy to pout when you don't get your way. And it's, again, we've said it before, it's proof. Like, see, I can't do it. Like, everything's against me. We can't even do anything. Like yeah. having a backup plan. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> um, that's her teenager voice too. That's her, her inner, inner teenager. What's Hellman's mayonnaise? I don't even know. It's called Best Foods know. Where I'm From. Like, exactly. Like all of that pouting doesn't get us anywhere and it doesn't move us forward. Like coming up with backup plans for your backup plans matters and going, you know, being okay with imperfect instead of the ideal matters. And so coming up with a plan, just starting small, uh, picking one activity that you can do, do something right now, something that you're willing to do and getting in the habit of doing it, making it purposeful movement or purposeful eating um, is the seed that you can plant that will yield many more plants down the road if you just keep up with that particular habit. Yeah. And we, you know, as we are recording this, we do not have any inside scoop as to when life is going to go back to what it was. But going back to that idealizing the life that we left behind, what parts of that life weren't actually going all that great? What can you do to remind yourself that this is an opportunity for change? For those of us who are obligers, meaning people who need sort of external accountability to get things done, if you over-volunteered in the before time before COVID, this might be a good time to examine your choices of volunteering in the future. Are you finding now that perhaps you have more time to do things that you said you didn't have to do? If you do need structure, what kind of creative ways can you find accountability? One of our uh, neighbors is actually doing a 30-day yoga challenge along with me, and we text each other every day that we do the yoga. So we're not doing it together, but we're holding one another accountable for that. It's a great way to break habits. I mean, all of this, you know, it 
we're all forced into it. Nobody's like, hooray, COVID. But, <laughs> um, but we're in a situation where we can reevaluate our priorities and what's important to us. And we can start, you know, and, you know, there's memes everywhere you look, left and right and under pillows, about what do we want to go back to when the new normal happens. If normal started tomorrow, what would that look like? Like if it was like, okay, it's over, the the switch is flipped, we're all fine now. Would you be like, oh, well, now I don't have enough time to meal prep. Like there's always an excuse to the contrary of where we are and finding ways to be the champions of our situations and to really make the best of it. It matters. Every day matters. We've done episodes called winter is coming. Like something's going to happen, whatever it is. And we have, like Donald said, brag a lot. (laughs) For the last four years, we've been practicing, practicing, not perfecting, practicing the habits that we have in place and coming up with solutions and calling each other on our limiting beliefs of I can't do it. There's no choice. There's no other way. It matters to be more of the professor on the Gilligan's Island than I don't know. What did what did Marianne do on Gilligan's Island? I am unclear (laughs) on that. I so don't remember. (laughs) But ask yourself, you know. Let's just say for the sake of argument that things are going to get back to normal to the exact way that they were before, but we don't know for how long. Ask yourself, look ahead. Are you going to be proud of the choices that you made during all of this? Are you going to look back and go, wow, I really did put some good habits in place and I am proud of how I reacted and how I did? Or are you going to come out of this at the end and and look back and wish you had actually taken some advantage of the time, taken advantage of the of the um, circumstances in a way that maybe you're not thinking of right now. And really say to yourself, do I want to do right now what I'm going to be proud of later? Or do I want to look back and regret the choices that I made? Yeah. And none of this is necessarily about losing weight. It's about keeping habits in place or finding a routine in habits for this new normal. Someone the other day asked about, you know, wanting to give up their health journey and, you know, how did you, how did you know when you should quit or how do you stay motivated? And none of this is really about motivation. It's yeah. not like we, like I would love to sit on the couch all day cozy with coffee and snacks like that would be ideal. Oh yeah. But I pay a price for that. I pay a price for staying in one place and not evolving with my conditions. I pay a price for pretending that I don't know the difference between a Kroger supermarket and a Ralph's and being like willfully ignorant about my surroundings and not learning the language and feeling like it's like my real life is going to start and I don't need to participate today. Being in a position where we have a growth mindset, where we can be adaptable and embrace the uncertain. It's scary. It's scary for us. We don't have it all figured out, but we know enough to know that I feel better when I create structure for myself, when I look at my surroundings and make the best out of them instead of being a victim and super negative about how terrible everything is. We are in uncertain times, but I am certain that we can decide how we move our bodies and what we put in our mouths. Everything else is up to, you know, society to figure out, but I know that I can be responsible for my food and my movement choices. And uh, you already have taken a wonderful step towards great habits if you're listening to this podcast, and we really, really appreciate it. 
Thank you so very much. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us um, at uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com, and we do answer. And we would love to hear some suggestions from you if you have anything uh, that you'd like us to talk about. If you're doing anything during this time that you think would help others, we would really like to hear about that. If you have any questions or topics for future episodes, please reach out. Uh, we do respond. And you can also find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at We Only Look Thin. Yep, and you can email us. I don't remember if you said this because I went into sort of a trance about your Yes, I talked voice. about emailing us for quite a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well then Donald's got it all figured out. She so just I don't tunes have anything me out to, after all these years of marriage. I'm just trying to think of what I'm gonna say that's clever after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell them about Walt Place? Oh yeah, we also have uh, if you're looking for for some accountability, we have Walt Place, W O L T Place. It is a Facebook based uh, online community support group for women who are going through their health journeys. We're not a weight loss plan, but we are a support community where we share uh, really kind of some vulnerable stuff and some tips. Uh, and we, we share food ideas and exercise, help keep one another at- accountable. And if in you're these, sheltering uh, in place right now, if you're, if you're quarantining, um, and it may be a way for you to feel more connected to other people to join a support group like ours and um, be able to interact uh, that way online over the, over the Facebooks. Yeah. So it's socially distant, but we feel really close to each other. So it's awesome. And if you have a spare moment and you want to say to yourselves, how can I help out? We only look thin. Well, um, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating. And if you're super uh, awesome, if you could leave us a review, we would really appreciate it. Um, it really helps people find the show when they're searching for podcasts like ours and uh, helps get the word out about it. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, every one of you. So if you still don't know the difference between toxic nostalgia and the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.